Welcome everyone to the Agents of Shield podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Pete, and joining me as always is Matt. Hello, Matt. Pete, you seem a little different. Have you been juicing? The Agents of Shield podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 418, No Regrets, is brought to you by Framework Operating System Update 8.0 now featuring the Didactic Effective Directory. The new Didactic Effective Directory, or DAD for short, will remind you that all your life choices could be crap without listening to your dad. You need the strap from dad. Where we catch you up on what went down. And Pete, we open with the Patriot and Coulson. They open a trunk Tarantino style. Looks like there was a car crash. Rather, that's what they're trying to stage. The Patriot easily flips the car over. Done in camera. Looked like no phony baloney there. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming it was a slightly lighter car, but uh, great move there. And you know what? The Patriot is happy to have Colson on board, Pete. Yes, but they're not quite sure that it sells the fake car crash here. Um, he was thinking Colson was maybe a busted uh, headlight rather than flipping it over. Uh, but the Patriot thanks him. Colson uh, offers that he can do an accent or even uh, speak a language because he does Spanish mucho bueno. Yeah. Um, maybe not quite mucho bueno, but Pete, during the course of exposition here, they explain that they're uh, setting this up so that they can get from Hydra the bus. Get it? The bus holding Sky. Um uh, the Patriot also asks Colson about the claims from Simmons that the doctor, that's Dr. Fitz, uh, is actually a good man. You know, crazier things have been heard, though, Pete, as uh, as uh, difficult as it is for them to believe that the doctor still has some good in him. This bus headed from uh, re-education camp there via Hydra. Love the play on uh, our bad bus in the framework is an actual bus as opposed to the the bus we came to know and love in uh, the, the first couple seasons of uh, the real world. Um, but w- what does this, this Simmons hide uh, the Patriot is concerned with? Uh, and with that, the, the bus heads up here. Um, Colson is the, the decoy uh, says he thinks that the, the woman who hit him might have been uh, drunk. The Patriot jumps onto the bus there, yanks the guy out. Little heads up would have been nice. And uh, they don't find Sky, Matt. Uh, what do they find? They do find body bags. This is after Colson needs three bullets to hit a bad guy. So uh, I think back in the real world, eventually, hopes, uh, hopefully Colson gets some more range time. But uh, yeah, Pete, they find body bags, hoping it's not Sky. Then we get the title card. Then we see Sky back at Hydra HQ. So good news, Pete. Sky not dead. And she wants to know why Fitz is doing this. It's Dr. Fitz, Matt. Doctor. You hear that? Uh, I, I'm i sorry, Pete. I didn't hear you because I, like Fitz, was checking out my sweet undercut haircut there in the mirror. 
Uh, Fitz says that he knows all about Sky's world. He knows the truth, Pete. She conquered Hydra in her world, or at least her people did, and she's here to do the same. Uh, Sky replies that all she wants is to get out of there. Uh, Fitz asks if the Patriot came from her world too. And then the reminder for Fitz, kind of also for the audience too. Again, the show is at is just at an insane level in terms of seamless exposition. She reminds him that they're all from the real world and they were counting on Simmons to turn him. Pete, she loves him. Uh, she's not a Hydra murderer. And uh, Pete, we don't get that flicker of uh, recognition from Fitz, do we? No, he calls her a subversive. And then he strikes uh, Sky there. So we know he means business. By the way, no, uh, girls only fight girls on this show. More of that later on in the episode. But first, uh, Fitz calls this place home and he won't let her destroy it. Ooh, tugging at her heartstrings. Uh, with that, we cut to May looking at Anne and memoriam wall turns out it's the end memoriam wall for the cambridge incident which uh for which may blames herself uh madam hydra appears it's best not to focus on the past look to the present instead yeah hashtag renew agents of shield kind of present <laughs> but i digress may is needed for a special mission pete there are risks or are there Yes, and before she volunteers, however, she notes that she should have had better judgment that day. And in a little bit, we're going to talk about uh, the regrets, Matt, or as the kids say, the ragrets, because they can't spell it so well on the intranets these days, particularly in uh, really bad tattoos. But um, that the framework is all geared around this algorithm that uh, Ada used to purge the biggest regret that each uh, member, each uh, person who's been plunged into it had in their life. Clearly the Bahrain situation and the, um, the frameworks analog to that, the Cambridge incident looming large Hence the opportunity here from Madam Hydra. Hey, do you want to volunteer? How's she answer, Matt? She answers, Pete, that uh, there's no risk if she has something to lose. She's got nothing to lose. Hail Hydra. The Hail Hydra being the whole thing to sell it there. Okay, we get Mac um, and uh, he's back at S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ. Uh, talking about uh, where they came from. Um, and the Patriot is explaining that they have intercepted the bus that was on the way to the uh, Hydra Enlightenment Center. Mac wants to help, though, Matt. It's essentially the same conversation they had at the end of the last episode, though. <laughs> well, nonetheless, we get uh, reminded uh, that Mac's technical expertise is uh, is needed here he's going to switch out the digital tags and do the whoosies and the whatsies uh he's on it and I, I like that we're starting to slowly bend the story into these familiar beats here um certainly you know mac mac back on the tech train is a good one um there's an aside uh held by uh, the patriot and ward hashtag good ward uh, have we found out anything on that Miss Simmons yet? No, not yet. 
cut to Colson and Simmons. Seamless transition, Pete. <laughs> uh, they need to be focusing on getting out of this awful place, Simmons says. Colson is certainly sympathetic, but still not all in. And I think we can we can understand his reticence, Pete, in part because it looks so much like, quote-unquote, the real world, in part because they're filming it in the same set. Um so it is kind of this nice reminder of, oh, we're not supposed to be here, even though some of them feel like they should be here. Uh, also, Colson feels a little itchy around Ward, Pete, like like hives. Ha 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 ha. Yes. yes. Uh, and Simmons notes that uh, they cannot die within the framework, or that would spell uh, curtains outside it. Kind of some foreboding. Uh, foreshadowing for later on in this episode, nor can they feel the cold, Matt, which was an interesting detail before she points out that Mace is wasting their time with these pointless missions. But Hayes Ward right behind her, he is, they have questions. Pete, it's the questions that they were talking about when last we saw them. So we kind of did a little story loop back to itself. We cut to Hydra HQ. There's a, a tech guy. He's got some biotechity tech tech talk. Uh, he's got a non-terrogen. You got that, everybody? Non-terrogen. Totally 100% fine for you. Gorilla testosterone and things like that. That he is uh, thinking about giving May to make her patriot-like. And this enhancement, Matt, even includes a dash of peppermint. We get the act break. We come back. Simmons is getting that questioning by uh, by Ward and Mace. Uh, she's enlightening him as to uh, the role director Mace played, not just in terms of the org chart at S.H.I.E.L.D., but also smart in-company branding, the t-shirts, the mugs. Sorry, Mace, that you're a digital avatar in a virtual prison. That just happens sometimes. Yes, it does. Uh, with that, Ward needs a drink, and Mace wants to know if they're friends, you know, in the real world. Wonderful monologue here. In retrospect, it's, you know, the the goodbye monologue, if you will. Uh, what's he like? She kind of doesn't know, and I felt as an audience member going, yeah, I'm, I'm down with Mace, except I actually don't know anything about him either. Um, he then comes back with but, his... But that allows us to be Simmons, Matt. So if, anytime we can watch and be Simmons, that's a good place to be. Wow. I Pete Pete, it's 2017. It's okay to want to be Simmons. Um Absolutely. but the in uh the in framework Mace then explains never married, no kids. Uh he played guitar and baseball in college, can't keep a tune. He likes his barbecue, Pete, and as folksy as this Whoa, is, he, what type of barbecue? Pete, I'm going to I'm going to say he likes sweet, not spicy. Very good. Very good. Where's he from, though? Brooklyn, baby. Brooklyn in the house. So the connections with um, Captain America obviously continue. We get to know him a little bit more. And uh, this idea with Ward, we continue to explore the, the good Ward and to... Uh, essentially backload the Patriots story given his uh, fate in this episode. This whole monologue turns a little, uh, it goes from sweet to sour Pete, as he explains in the last year, he's also buried 17 of his friends. How is that not real spoken? Like every 
Star Trek holodeck character who said, wait, I'm not really on the holodeck, am I? Uh, Ward gets a little testy. Ah, that's the Ward that Simmons remembers. And uh, and off she goes, and Ward is tasked by Mace to see, amidst all this craziness that Simmons is talking about, to find out what the grain of truth is. And with that, Pete, we cut to lies, says Fitz. You get it? Ward looking for truth. Lies, says Fitz. Uh, he is uh, in the, uh, what, what do you call the room outside the room where you beat a prisoner, Pete? Just kind of the, the anti-room, the viewing room? The anti-beatdown room, perhaps? The anti-beatdown room. Uh, Fitz speaking to who I hear call Ada, because I feel like there's a there's a, a truthfulness to her. No truth and lie, pun intended. Um, regardless, Ada, Madam Hydra, is receiving this information that Daisy was beaten to an inch in her life and still is lying. Nevertheless, she persisted, says Fitz. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> they squeeze hands and Fitz leaves. Pete, now it's time for Ada, for Madam Hydra, to go talk to Daisy. Yes, Daisy, who evidently asked for a Manny Petty uh, and got the beat down. BT dubs, your prison totally sucks. But Madam Hydra spins uh, exposition here about algorithms and the perfection of what we have in the outside world, inside the framework, the elimination of regrets. She said the thing, Matt, the t episode title, and she floats this offer that Daisy could have kids. She could grow old. Tell me, where are you in the real world? Just give the people what they want is the message here, Matt. It's rather populist, don't you think? Mm, it is. Just give them what they want. And, uh, and yes, with that promise that she could live, Daisy could, with Lincoln, uh, which now completely has that as a possible uh, cameo on my radar. Don't forget, friends, that uh, the standard network TV contract lets you do one guest spot outside your starring role in, oh, I don't know, NBC's The Blind Spot. So we'll stick a pin in that for the future. Uh, Daisy, of course, uh, is not going to give up their location in the real world. Um, and what does she get out of all of this? She gets a choice. Uh, we head back to S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ. Pete, there's locking, there's loading, there's locking <laughs> and loading going on. There's manly fraternal pats on the back, although you know what? It's okay if it's more than that, but that's that's all Mace is doing, just saying, good job, buddy, as you pack things there. Uh, he wants to uh, make sure that the bus cannot be tracked. Uh, Mac tells him, indeed, it can't be, and that he's taken the encrypted radio and decrypted it to the yellow radio Something that I thought would play a role in the episode and then I don't believe did at all. Do they have a driver, though, Matt, is the question, because Mac points out he's got a lead foot, but there's another lead-footed volunteer. Who could that be as we meet up with Colson and Simmons? Um, Simmons, who explained that uh, when she was telling the Patriots about the real world that his complexion changed to water chestnut yes all the variety of skin tones we've got the water chestnut we've got the oatmeal it's it's like a you're standing at home depot and you're looking at all those paint chips except they're all they're all human colored pete um 
Coulson and Simmons, though, they meet Hope, uh, who really shouldn't pay attention to all that stuff in the history book. Coulson admitting he was teaching the wrong thing, Pete. Uh, Simmons also, at this point, meets Mac for the first time again, you know, because she's meeting Framework Mac. Uh, Coulson gets called by the Patriot. Get ready to ride us in, Jamie Flugelman. That's the only name that could have been cleaned uh, from the the, uh, the Hydra files. He gets a, a handy Hydra uh, ID reminiscent of the uh, the Season 1 IDs, of which uh, I have a copy right over there, Pete. It's just all crazy, Pete. Jamie Flugelman. But you know what's crazier, Matt, is back at Hydra HQ, we get Fitz with a rather... Uh, familiar from an entertainment sense, not familiar from any story we've had on this show in its three plus seasons to this point. Uh, this this older man, this gentleman uh, tells Fitz he hasn't been down here in a while. Okay, son, he says, um, you look like you're troubled. But a, a, a man can say son to another man, and it doesn't mean anything, Matt, which is why uh, later on in the discussion, as they end the second act, uh, this gentleman has to tell Fitz to tell his old man all about it. But before that, there's discussion about uh, it being a little early for a pint, so how about a cup of tea instead? Um, and we come to realize, Matt, that this is not just a figure of speech, that this actor is playing Fitz Framework Papa. Pete actor David O'Hara, perhaps recognizable by some people uh, from playing the Mad Irishman in Braveheart, uh, perhaps one of the chief mobsters from The Departed, uh, round the, uh, the, the comic book world, at least comic books on TV. He, of course, was in Gotham as Reggie Payne. And uh, he was in some Harry Potter. He was in the Tudors. So certainly uh, a, a long-working actor. Pete, he is, of course, from Scotland and gets the added bonus of actor over 50 to somehow play opposite, <laughs> if not on the screen, certainly opposite in, uh, in, in uh, dramatic tension to uh, Clark Gregg. So uh, welcome, David O'Hara. You play a bad, bad man who's... Just a program. <laughs> well, we'll have to see if he's just a program. He's played in this episode mm. like he is in the way that Madame Hydra uh, manipulates fits through him. You couldn't have expected them to go out and get uh, Sean Connery to to play uh, Fitz's dad or anything like that. But this actor, recognizable, I remember him from The Departed. I certainly remember the impression he made from that two-episode run on uh, Gotham back when Fantastic Geek was still watching it every week. Um, so, yeah, he was uh, a, an excellent choice to play this role. We get our act break. Then we get Coulson driving on up to the re-education center. The Flugelman ID is checked. It's a weird name. It's Canadian. Uh, he's filling in for, you know, the other guy. Clark Gregg here, wonderful in his comic timings. Hey, how about that Inhuman stuff on... Now, Pete, did I hear correctly that he called it boxy news? Yeah, I couldn't quite understand. We know that they have shrunken media coverage because Colson was about to tell us, you know, what happened to all of the newspapers. We know that there were thousands and they've 
they've been contracted. So maybe Boxing News is like the one TV channel they have. Who knows? Pete, I think it's meant to sound like a particular news channel. It, it, it is as well. You know, they just fired uh, Phil O'Reilly uh, in, in the framework. Um, you know, that guy on Boxy News who, who had had a good run but suddenly was uh, harassing uh, male interns. But anyway. In the framework, he wasn't grabby enough. <laughs> right, right. That was exactly the thing. He had a quota to hit and he didn't hit it. Um, so uh, they had a story on Box News there about uh, an inhuman with lion paws, which was, uh, you know, if you're going to play around with inhuman abilities, uh, that would definitely be one to not have. Uh, but enough uh, enough uh, little chit-chat there. Go on through, Flugelman. Uh, we cut back to the Hydra prison where uh, Radcliffe, shown for the first time in this episode, someone who we instinctually have hated for a whole portion of episodes, um, there he is in his cell. He's left food. He smashes it away. Nice choice on the wide shot showing all that corn flying and... <laughs> Pete, that's not a euphemism nor a joke of the tray of food. The fact that the corn leaves this great trail, really visually great. He has a meltdown. He upends the desk. He melts down into tears. Uh, this is just an actor's uh, delight here. Daisy overhears it because, you know, Vince. Uh, he expositions beautifully, Pete. This is not the first time that he... John Hanna has been tasked with giving a whole bunch of exposition, but making it sound like it's just a conversation. Um, and he gets into some story retread that in no way feels like story retread. Yeah. From telling us that the food evidently tastes like dog food. So maybe they didn't quite have that down in the framework. One of the, the things that maybe grounds it a little bit more. All um, the things, Pete, all it the was, things. it was him. Uh, who was uh, screaming uh, earlier in this episode, we reveal, kind of like that reveal came uh, at the end of last episode as well. Um, Sky asks if he was crying. No, sarcastic. He was laughing for joy. But hey, you created this hellscape, uh, she tells him. And uh, the, the thing with Fitz, his regret in this story, Matt, is that he begged him not to kill Agnes. And uh, he also explains that uh, Fitz is different. There's just been that one regret change with everyone, though, which is a nice restatement because I think even eagle-eyed viewers like you and I, Pete, he have found that he is so totally different that perhaps the story was stretching this idea of one regret changed. But no, no, he explains one idea, one sentence can make a difference. I love you. We're having a baby. Things like that can make all the difference. Uh, Radcliffe at this point is asked if he has a back door. Yes, he's built one into the framework. And Ada cannot stop it. Finally, a ray of sunshine, Pete. Well, listen carefully, Matt, as we change scenes here so we don't hear it. Uh, to the Hydra lobby. Back with this man who I, I think they really over... Uh, telegraphed it in the number of times he refers to Fitz as son or, or my son. Um, but uh, David O'Hara explaining here that, uh, you know, oh, the, the stuff I'm hearing from you, Fitz, you know, that's your mother talking. I don't know science, 
but I know the man I raised. He's tough. Uh, sometimes everyone needs the strap against their back. Um, it's almost written like the way a, uh, a a robot woman would think males are supposed to be raised. I will. I let me let me hone in on that point a little bit more. I think it becomes clear in this scene that his function, much as as was referenced by the uh, the sponsor of today's uh, podcast, Pete, his function there is to act as this uh, his as a as a as a as a program created by Ada. His function is to act as a corral for Fitz. As Fitz starts to get out of line a little bit, he's the one that reminds him you know oh you had to kill an enemy of the state uh no big deal oh well hang on it doesn't sound like you're being a strong man don't buckle to guilt we live in a hard world you're protecting the human race here the only other person who recognizes that is ophelia madam hydra you love her don't you i just love this idea that that um and perhaps it's a it's a it's a slightly weak point in story conceit if he's just there to constantly be the the nagging uh scottish father but the fact that he's there to just keep fits in line a it's an interesting reflection on fits b it's an interesting just bit of writing for this character who's not a real character and then in the background literal and figurative you have ada who's trying to understand this boy that she likes on some level um and this boy that she's trying to make love her uh, and she's doing so with this awful guy because, hey, that'll keep him in line, just like a program. But anybody, as um, Fitz's pop points out, Matt, who doesn't understand what they're doing is inferior. Um, you love Madame Hydra, don't you? Uh, and uh, that Fitz tells his father, thanks, Dad, I wouldn't be who I am without you. Hmm. Perhaps that gives us our own backdoor for fits and redemption, but that's something to be discussed during theories. We cut to Coulson arriving at, hey, this is the wrong side of the place. Disposal isn't over here. It's all the way over there. You're at rehabilitation. The uh, Hydra guard comes on board the bus, uh, checking on those, those things in the back. Hey, those are bodies. No, wait, Pete. It's the brand new stars of a brand new comic book. The Patriot and the Burrows. <laughs> and chokes out the, the guard there, effective. Uh, Coulson points out branding is everything. Coulson further explains Matt how he had to watch kids taken out of his class every day. But with Burrows and uh, the Patriot and this uh, um, situation they've set up, Burrows is going to guard the bus because, you know, he does some stuff in the framework, but just not enough. Um, Agent Flugelman and the Patriot here, they have to find a friend. With that, there's some bing, some bang, some boom. They let out a few baddies. And then, Pete, it's Trip. It's Trip. Trip lives. It's all true. The, Trip the... lives, baby. Um, I, I, I know I'm not uh, spoiler Pete in the in the framework. Are, are we in the framework? Or are we not? Do we do we even know? But uh, been sitting on this one a we little are in while. The framework. What's that? We are in the framework, Pete. <laughs> Pete, well, I have a back to podcasting. Don't be memory. don't be weak. 
I have a memory of of, of hearing something about uh, BJ Britt rejoining this show around uh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, but Pete, in addition to all of us just smiling from ear to ear, Trip tells us that he needs his boots. More specifically, what's in it? Trip, Matt, he hasn't heard that name since high school. And we haven't seen BJ Britt since the midpoint, not even the midpoint, uh, the, the fall break of season two back, you know, when Daisy got her powers and uh, Trip was the unfortunate victim of that transformation, something that uh, we'll see a little later in this episode. And thankfully, because of the old regret uh, you know, non-maker neuralizer, neutralizer uh, doesn't happen. Certainly, just as a side note, great to know that BJ Britt has uh, remained busy since last he was on S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, being on uh, Being Mary Jane, also on Pitch for a couple of episodes, but uh, back where we, where we like him best here on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With that, Pete, we cut to Fitz and May, What's going on with May, Pete? May is uh, getting this injection, Matt, and uh, suddenly starts to, there's really no other way to talk about it. She's making grunty uh, noises and faces in the Quinjet, beginning to hulk out. Ooh, indeed she is, and uh, shaking with power. She only has it for an hour. Don't waste it. Act break. After the act break, we have Simmons looking at Hydra's history book. Just the uh, the slightest view there of uh, a comment about uh, Daniel Whitehall. Uh, Mac talks about all that's missing from that history book. The Trail of Tears, the Holocaust, Martin Luther King. And uh, can you imagine, Pete, if somebody didn't properly understand the uh, negative side of the administration of Andrew Jackson, for example? What, what awful that would be but i digress ward at this point is uh watching on and ponders the the claim from simmons that mac and hope are just programs which is ironic because it's a program pondering other programs uh brett dalton does some of his finest acting matt I'm, i cannot undersell this moment in his entire time with the series he talks about that that big fake dad um, and the, the big fake world that they're in right now, that how could this possibly be fake? Simmons, of course, remains mistrustful of Ward, and he wants to know, what did I do in that other reality? Did I hurt someone? Did I kill someone? More than one, she tersely points out here. Um, and again, Brett, Dalton just reaches into your chest there for your heart. And he tells Simmons and he's telling the rest of us, Matt, for what it's worth, he's truly sorry. He reaches into our hearts with his robot hand, Pete. Kind of ironic. Cut to Colson and Trip. What's on the boots? Turns out it's old school pictures from an old school, you know, boot camera thing. Grandpa was, after all, a howling commando. There are pictures of that secret project, Looking Glass, which now has been name-checked enough so that I think the show is clearly, and I mean this only as a compliment, the show is lulling us into a false sense of security where we've heard 
enough about it that it sounds familiar ahead of just some horrible reveal as to the actual truth of it. Uh, with that, Colson is off to go save Chris, the student of his. Trip hands the film over to Burroughs. Pete, that's the old story football. I think uh, we're going to get some of those pictures next week. With that, Pete, look up in the sky. Is it a bird? Is it, is it a plane? What is it, Pete? It's a Quinjet. Indeed, it is, Pete. And uh, with that, uh, as as Burroughs remains at the the fringes of the story, almost like somebody wrote his program to merely be a supporting program, uh, Patriot and uh, Trip remain together. Ward and Simmons hear from B. That's the aforementioned Burroughs here. Uh, Simmons wants to uh, know what happens um, it, or wants to explain here what happens uh, in, in both worlds is, is going to affect them. Again, we're leading up to what's going to take place with uh, Jeffrey Mace's Patriot in a little bit. But hey, Matt, what goes on in quarantine? Pete, I don't know what goes on in quarantine, but I know outside the isolation building, Mace and May are starting to fight. Trip is uh, on the fringes there, and uh, more on that fight in a, in a little bit. Colson, however, goes into that isolation building, that quarantine building. Brainwash is occurring. The eyes taped open. A nice, easy effect, by the way. It was, I think, clearly meant to be evocative of that uh, that sports tape stuff that turns rigid. It probably was yeah. just, you know, draw a line down these people's faces, or worse, put some tape on there that you can take off between takes or is elastic or whatever, but it really, really sold it. Um, and we hear in the background the brainwashing video saying, what is best as you comply, compliance will be rewarded. Yeah, where have we heard that before? Hmm. Um, Colson notes, in addition to Chris, uh, his other student, Brunel, is in there. You know, the one that uh, tagged the car with uh, Simmons a little later in that first framework episode, two episodes back. But the uh, the clockwork orange situation here, Coulson's trying to uh, take care of these young people. Trip arrives, um, and then we resume the May Patriot fight here. Uh, the Patriot who taunted her earlier that uh, – you know, unless you're uh, one of us, you've been uh, getting a little help out of the, the old uh, pharmaceutical area. And here tells her that uh, what is this? If you can't beat us, join us. And then he smacks her into a wall. Um, she calls him a terrorist and a thug. Um, and Agent May uh, lets the uh, Hydra headquarters know once the Patriot has absconded that uh, the Patriot is indeed there. Madam Hydra and Fitz quickly find out if there is a Quinjet on site. There is, and they order on Q5 to fire on the quarantine building. Two thoughts from this scene. First of all, seeing May thrown into the block wall, I know that she's overall a baddie uh in the framework no girl oh, girls only fight girls fight bias in this show that's a heck of a throw good bad whatever it's two equals fighting and uh the slightly stronger nay the slightly the, the, the slightly better 
since he's a good guy, Mace uh, winning the day. Second of all, Pete, that shot of Q5, Quinjet 5 firing on the isolation building, a lovely, beautiful effects shot, looked 110% real. More on that in our mailbag segment. But Pete, we get the act break. After that wonderful effect by Mark Holpack and his visual effects team to end the fourth act, act five, Matt begins with Trip getting those kids being reconditioned out of the quarantine building. The Patriot is inside, however. He tells Ward and everybody's convening back there. Uh, Coulson shows up and uh, Simmons and uh, they need to uh, to get everybody out because the whole place is is going to come down. Do you, do you hear that, Matt? Do we know enough that this building that just got blown up at the end of the last act is now going to collapse on somebody? Wait, Pete, not just anybody. It's Chris. The building is going to come down around Chris. And then, Pete, the everybody building comes down around Chris. <laughs> especially buildings. <laughs> especially buildings. You know who doesn't hate Chris? Pete is Jeffrey Mace. That's right, the Patriot. Uh, the, the building, which is coming down all around them, falls on Chris and the Patriot. Uh, Simmons gives a no. Uh, not quite Darth Vadery, but you know she's upset. We're upset. Don't take Mace, TV show. May, at this point, activates her body cam, and she's going in to make sure that the Patriot is dead. You know, the job is finished. Some kids, including uh, Brunel, run by. May suddenly asking why there are kids here. Pete, the very same May who is sensitive to the loss of life, nay, the loss of a child's life, even in the framework. Uh, May finally arrives at the spot where the building is coming down. She hears that there's a kid buried. Uh, she sees the Patriot you know, moving his way out here, lifting a girder to protect Chris. May doesn't want anyone to move. Everybody else says they need to save a kid. And uh, she, but Pete, you save a kid. This could be like Cambridge. What's going on? Yeah, Colson tells her she's she's got to help here. Um, they got to get the Patriot out. Uh, May draws down on them. Nobody move. Uh, but yeah, the the elimination of the regret still leads to a situation where she may be forced to uh, regret something that takes place in the framework. She was trying to save a kid in Cambridge. Well, so was I. Um, and, uh, May is told to shoot them or help. Uh, they're trying to help the Patriot out. Ward has a cabinet. He think might be able to, uh, do it. However, it won't work. Everybody needs to get out. The Patriots making the noble sacrifice. He's holding it. The music swells. Everybody gets out. And there's that look, Matt, he locks eyes with may his combatant a little bit earlier. Uh, even on the sauce, still able to make that connection there before the ah uh, and the bus and the kids with burrows, the building collapses. And wait a minute, is 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 the Patriot dead, Matt? Well, the music here by Baron McCreary, it it makes us pay. Uh, May might be simpatico and heartbroken, but so are we too. Simmons is heartbroken most of all. The, uh, of course, she knows best that what happens here also happens back home. Hashtag Matrix rules. Uh, we fade cut to Fitz, who's getting off the phone. 
He's now toasting with dad, you know, his corrective program. Madam Hydra watches on, making sure that he stays in line. And uh, with that, Pete, she goes downstairs. No, no. She goes back to the real world. The first time that we've been there in quite some time. Yes. uh, Ada looks at the frameworked bodies. She moves down the line. And of course, Jeffrey Mace is last because we just saw him or believe he died in the framework. And, and though Jason O'Mara looks uh, not dead, um, the machine, Matt, the, that is flatlined, clearly spells out the story. And um, she looks up and then she hits the disengage button to end that fifth act. Our tag scene, Pete, Daisy's looking much worse for wear, much worse. Uh, indeed, kind of in the middle portion of the episode, she kind of looked better than she did at the beginning. I don't know if that was intentional or maybe they did it Rocky style and did the worst makeup first and then took it off from there. I don't quite know. But here, Pete, she looks truly awful. May I mean, truly awful in terms of the, the beating, but it's, you know, it's uh, Chloe Bennett. So st- still looking pretty A-OK. Uh, May comes in. Is it true that you're an inhuman? Uh, yes, powerful enough to bring the place down. May, at this point, takes out a Terrigen crystal. I hope so. She smashes it. The cocoon starts to form. Daisy, as it's going around her face, lets out a smile. May smiles. We smile to end the episode. The Dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Pete, we start with the baddest mamma jamma that there is. Bad Evil May. Yeah. Um, and to to put her first when we get the redemptive moment later on uh, certainly makes sense as far as our discussion. She has that regret about children. It's confronted in this episode. And Matt, I think we've figured out the, the secret sauce of the framework. You have to butt up against your regret and reason your way through it. So it's not the lost rules of learning who you are in an alternate reality and you know your life flashing before your eyes. It's confronting that one regret and facing the analog of it in the framework. It works for the uh, overall story purpose that Ada created this, that there is that slightly less nuanced take, that it's find the thing that that helped shape who you are, remove the bad thing. Um, Under different circumstances, it might seem like slightly inelegant writing, but here, because it's a conceit that at least in the world of the story has been written by someone who is not human uh it works pete also working but to terrible effect is fitz who continues to break our hearts yeah the addition of the father in a way that wasn't like and next week we'll see where fitz uh fell from grace with his horrible father to to throw it to us and um, have us figure it out in the narrative as it's happening um, further deepens this bad seed fits that we have the uh, the one note father who uh, functions as a course correct via Ada. Last but certainly not least, indeed, the primary. Uh, antagonist of this arc we have madam hydra aka ophelia aka ada 
I love that they have named her Ophelia in the framework and the, the final image, Matt, for her to uh, move from the framework back to the real world where we've not been in two plus episodes and to Dr. Kevorkian, um, Jeffrey Mace, uh, certainly helps us understand she's functioning via her programming but at the same time we need to stop her our agents our heroes the people we care about on this show are up against something that uh certainly knows how to push their buttons it is amazing to think that there was this whole stretch of episodes where Mar mallory jansen was playing ada where basically the script called for her to be kind of pleasantly upbeat and no real acting just vague smile yes dr radcliffe sure thing and kind of a vapid character not that i think we complained at the time just because the actress was playing a you know a, a, a nascent robot uh the 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 grim terror that is on her back burner uh in her ada as she is uh herself playing the role of madam hydra here in the framework but Pete, the show, and indeed ABC, so lucky to have continued its connection with Mallory Jansen. Welcome to Level 7. So, time to analyze and theorize. Pete, this gift of the framework that allows people to come back, we've been teasing the notion that hashtag good ward comes back as an LMD, but it occurs to me it could be overdone. Will we have an army of robot friends leaving the framework at the end of the season? Their little robot legs all, all marching together. Good ward trips back. You know, somehow Mace, his copy, he comes back uh, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, no, <laughs> um, because BJ Britt is gainfully employed on, uh, another TV show. It won't happen. Uh, the, the best hope if there's a renewal, Matt, we still are sweating this out, um, that, uh, Brett Dalton, but, uh, yeah, it, it certainly allows for that story conceit. We, we, we can't bring them all back alive, though, Matt, and plug them into uh, robots. I have one for you, though. Ooh. Given that uh, we access memories of our uh, people inside the framework, could this Fitz father actually be the Fitz father. Pete, how do you mean? Well, I mean, Ada has access to uh, Fitz's brain. She could access memories. Is this what he, what he looks like? Is, is this the man uh, he knew as his father and now obviously recruited by Madam Hydra, by Ada to uh, rein him back in and ensure that mm. he doesn't uh, correct his regret in the framework. I certainly do think that if the story calls for seeing the real world Fitz father, uh, that this is what the guy looks like. And this is similar to his temperament and so forth. Uh, indeed, whatever the happy resolution of the season might be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, you know, 
all right, da, well, I'm glad we worked things out. And, you know, you see the actor here in the real world, perhaps, you know, of reduced uh, stature in life, you know, or, or they've gone to they've gone to the Scottish uh, bar or the Scottish field or they've had a scotch egg or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, but, Pete, are, do I understand that you are proposing that perhaps the real father is patched into the framework uh, for, for all of this? No, he he's not. We're accessing Fitz's memory of the character. Uh, that I am a little bit more comfortable with than, and I think that I, you know, I would bet money that that is indeed the case. How about Jeffrey Mace, Matt? Though we get the flat line, though Ada pushes disengage, we are working in a genre where you're never really dead and until you've maybe been shot twice on camera and even then we're we're trying to give code that we're serious. Is Jeffrey Mace deceased? I think it's tough to argue in a show that has shown us that uh, th that there are high stakes and sometimes people are killed off, even amidst this uh, this flourish here of um, oh you know of this story conceit where where dead characters are able to come back, it, there has to be some kind of price paid. And with four episodes to go after this one, his death is certainly a strong story reminder that the stakes are super high and. The character that we knew the least has paid the price. That means now we're on the edge of our seat as anybody else who is uh, who is strapped into the, the framework here is close to paying a price as well. Let's check the wire. Pete, what do you got? Well, Matt, it's funny that you asked that because I went to iTunes and I typed in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek and a couple things. One, uh, more important, perhaps, someone has screwed with our logo. Uh, our nice Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. logo now has this fantastic geek Agents of, and Hydra has actually been spray-painted over S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, and there is the Hydra logo. So somebody's been up to no good there. I wonder who did that. But, Matt... We were left a review, the, the reason to go to iTunes, uh, by Abe Froman. The headline. Wait, the Sausage King of Chicago? Well, this is. That a, Abe Froman? Abe Froman uh, 21. So there, there might be uh, 20 others, but I'm pretty sure this is the Sausage King of Chicago. I uh, have heard that Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago, does look rather youthful. Yes. So he uh, he headlines this excellent show, five stars, and he writes, these guys are not in the Matrix nor the framework. They're willing to question Madame Hydra if uh, they were in the framework. Keep up the resistance. Well, first of all, I want to thank him for encouraging people to not question reality or the nature of the framework that we are all in. Second of all, thank you for the nice words, and uh, they are very much appreciated. Pete, uh, we now go to three tweets. Uh, the first one uh, I had tweeted, at Jason O'Mara, uh, any little performance differences between the real Mace and Framework Patriot? Pete, we got a response. He said, in the Framework, Mace is a grounded and powerful leader. His voice has certainly dropped a couple of octaves. Um, 
Next, Pete, I had tweeted at Mark Kolpak, that VFX wizard, saying that the shot of the Quinjet uh, in the setting sun was uh, really quite nice, indeed flawless. He said it has now become one of his favorite shots for all the right reasons, dynamic sunset entrance. And it really, I mean, it captured that that beautiful essence of uh, of a sunset so wonderfully considering it wasn't there. It really did. And the wonderful, destructive way, Matt, that they ended that act with the quarantine building uh, getting shot up by the Quinjet. Lastly, Pete, uh, I think anybody who's been following Ming-Na Wen on social media knows that uh, she sustained some kind of knee injury. She's had the brace uh, also a couple of weeks ago, was, uh, was in a wheelchair to help get around uh, pictures of her from the uh, season four rap party uh, showed her still there. So uh, I had tweeted at her feel better soon. Those rap party pics of you still in the wheelchair. Don't go full professor X on us and Pete finishing the AOS trifecta for the evening. She tweeted back. Thank you. Uh, it would make for a very cool crossover though at Marvel. It's all connected hashtag agents of shield. So an agent to the end of this season and hopefully beyond Pete. Uh, so nice to hear from Ming-Na Wen as well as Jason O'Mara and, of course, the uh, wonderful Mark Kolpak. What a trifecta there, Matt. Certainly uh, Ming-Na at the front of that, always so responsive to fans. And speaking of fans, Matt, uh, patreon.com forward slash fantastic geek stands ready to receive you where you can donate at any level. You can get in there on the ground floor and get yourself exclusive fantastic geek podcast content, or you can move on up the ladder of the framework. Maybe go to the, to the Fitz's dad level. And get yourself a little something, something, you know, because you like the feel of the strap against your back. Um, you determine that, Matt, uh, is the wonderful thing about Patreon. So dot uh, com forward slash Fantastic Geek. Check it out today. Indeed, Pete, every little bit is always so appreciated. But of course, the best bit of all is being able to follow you on the Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-9174. Followers, can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That is fantastic with the P and the H. FantasticGeek.com, FantasticGeek at gmail.com, and Fantastic Geek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with the PH all one word. Like it today, and we will... Uh, respectfully discreetly pop up in your timeline once a day usually with that matt want to just remind listeners we will be dropping our final uh iron fist podcast by fantastic geek episode for the uh season finale episode 113 this coming friday that's april 21st we will have a wrap-up episode 
following that the following week. But uh, we've got your Iron Fist. We got a couple more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to go. Just a quick reminder, we will, of course, be covering Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in the next couple weeks. So lots going on. And with that, I will give it to Matt for his final word. Always two there are. One recurring guest actor leaving the show and one returning. 